Media Podcast, episode number 80. You join myself, Chris, one of your hosts for today, alongside the techie teacher himself, Mr. Tom. Had a bit of a giggle before this episode, didn't we, today? <laughs> we did. Indeed. So I think I've got, I'm going to have the giggles throughout this episode, so just just, just, just embrace it, guys. Just embrace it. The gigs. The Sunday, Easter Sunday giggles. Easter Sunday gigs. He's had too much chocolate, ladies and gentlemen. And below him, we have the man of many pixels, Mr. Richie. How are you? I'm a little tired. I maybe stayed up a bit too late last night, but it was for good reasons. For good reasons, which we'll definitely talk about in just a moment. You're joining us, ladies and gentlemen, for, of course, episode 80 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast, your weekly podcast where we round up all of the gaming and Stadia news for your enjoyment. Uh, and we are the longest-running Stadia podcast this side of Google Maps. So if you are new to the show, if you're new to the channel, do give us a like down below for the video if you're watching on youtube.com forward slash Sounds of Stadia or rate us, review us if you're listening to podcast services out there in the digital hemisphere, ecosphere, atmosphere. Don't know why I kept saying loads of spheres because it's Easter and there's eggs everywhere, gentlemen. We're going uh, on an Easter egg hunt for Stadia. Somehow, egg spherical. They kind of are if you roll them. Yeah, if you make them no longer egg-shaped, they are, yes. Well, what counts as spherical, right? Let's get into it. Forget the stadium news. Spherical, right? If it's spherical, it's just rounded, right? 3D... Yes. yes, it's a no, 3D it's, circle. It's, actual, it's a 3D circle. It's A sphere is an actual shape. It's not just something yeah. that is rounded. All right, I hear, where, I, chocolate I, orange. All right, I, see, <laughs> yeah. I hear where you're going with this, Richie. But if something was like kind of round and it's, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit spherical, that. You could class an egg as a bit spherical, right? Yeah. You could des- right. describe something as being a bit spherical. Tom, yes, what the hell is that? Is that a Fabergé egg? <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite. Uh, it's something that I've shittily printed on my 3D printer. Uh, it's it's a golden egg. Crush golden it. Egg. Crush it with it your bare hands. Done, to be I honest, crush that. It looks pretty well done. Yeah, I mean, it's like no, a dragon it egg, focus, yeah. like a Game of Thrones. It was egg. meant to be a dragon egg. Yeah, it was meant yeah. to be a dragon egg, but uh, thought it was. You know, obviously appropriate for today's episode. Of course. So speaking of dragging things out, uh, let's get into the uh, Sounds of Stadium podcast, episode 80 show. Uh, We've got a great show for you all this week. We're going to be covering all of your exciting April Pro games uh, alongside some new title game announcements. And uh, we're also going to discuss uh, if Stadia could help with the future of game preservation as uh, some of their competition seems to have uh, thrown in the towel with some of their legacy content. We'll be covering that and much, much more, so stay tuned, keep it uh, locked to our channel and uh, we'll be breaking that down. But before we do get into all that, a little bit of housekeeping for all of our lovely listeners and viewers out there. Uh, We've had a busy couple of weeks and uh, so some many, many people in the uh, Stadia community. Uh, As of Half an hour ago, at the time of recording, our wonderful friends uh, Stadia Dad and all the crew he's pulled together, you've probably seen it over on Twitter, uh, they've just completed their 24-hour Red Dead Redemption 2 live stream for the Fair Share charity of Greater Manchester. And they raised a whopping 2,500 Great British Pounds for an amazing cause. Uh, They streamed, uh, they did... Everything within Red Dead Online, I saw them doing uh, hug tie tournaments, uh, dancing around a fire. They did a podcast actually around the fireside at one point. Uh, they, that was cool. They did hunting, uh, they did the posse crew, they did so much stuff that you could do within Red Dead Redemption. Uh, but more importantly, there is an amazing amount of money for a wonderful cause. So uh, um, you still have time if you'd like to donate a little bit more, head on over. The link will be either in our description or it'll be over on Stadia Dad Games on Twitter. But uh, yeah, just round of applause. For, uh, for those amazing people who took part in that. Go get some sleep, lads and ladies. Uh, it's well-deserved, well-deserved. 
Um, ourselves, uh, we've also lost some sleep, and I certainly have this past week, uh, on account of us three playing Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, one of your pro games for April. Uh, we started streaming that on Thursday, we continued that into Friday. Uh, we will be picking it up next week. Um, and I mentioned it on the on the show, Tom, but I actually had nightmares after the first uh, <laughs> the, the first stream. Wow! And it was a lady uh, who was trying to hunt me down. It was it was a mix match between Resident Evil and Control, the the other video Ooh, game. Okay. So okay. I was in some kind of like corporate office, and I had my own office, and it was very like seventies. Everyone had like shutter blinds between their offices, and this lady <laughs> kept trying to kill me with a screwdriver. Like, specifically in the stomach with a screwdriver. However, it wasn't just any screwdriver. It was a screwdriver with a rat on the end of it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why, um, but let's just say, yeah, um, lack of sleep and probably being scared was... Uh, was That's a big, extremely yeah. good. <laughs> it, it was. I'm sure there was a lot more to it, but you know when you're a bit hazy when you wake up and you kind of... You remember, like, one specific part, but then the rest of it, yeah. even though you know it was a deep, deep, scary dream... Yeah. I can't actually recall the rest of it. So, uh, and oh. I slept a lot better the second night after playing it. So I don't know whether I just became desensitized to the horror a little bit. Or, in one night. <laughs> in one night. Or that me and Richie got the shotgun. So I felt safer going to bed with a with a, men- <laughs> with a mental image of a shotgun as opposed to uh, the lack An of empty ammo. clip of ammo we had. But we got a couple. We got a couple of kills in the family members. So maybe it's just less hunting us now. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. So we will be continuing that this coming Tuesday, so look out for that. 8pm British Standard Time. Uh, this Tuesday we'll be picking up part three. Uh, we'll jump back into the world of Resident Evil and uh, get some spooky scares. Uh, before we jump into the actual show, guys, uh, just what your quick first takes on Resident Evil? What, what None of us have played it before, right? Not seven, no. Um, I really enjoyed the part of the stream I was there for as well. It was... Uh... Hell of a lot of fun to watch somebody else play it. Whether I'd be actually brave enough to sit there and play it, though, is another question. That being said, I have got eight on pre-order as well, so I'm going to have to jump into that, into that at some point. Certainly. How about you, Richie? Um, pretty much exactly what Tom said. Um, I'm not sure I have the courage to play this <laughs> on my own. I will be trying to play it on my own. But, Thanks for uh, taking one for the team, I, pref- I, I, I prefer <laughs> to watch you. I actually prefer to watch you play it. So I can at you and your nightmares. Not my nightmares, but uh, like again, we've said on the stream, our intention is that when Village comes out, if lockdown rules allow, we'll all get together in a room and actually have some like real life scares and and such together. So fingers crossed for that. Uh, but do check out the videos, catch up with Path One and Two. We'll be dropping little uh, little short videos uh, this day tomorrow. Uh, in the lead up to our next stream but do check it out we had loads of fun and scares and uh, it was great seeing the community there to support us through through our horror it, it, it made a big big difference so go check that one out uh, available now on youtube.com forward slash sounds of stadia big news this week gentlemen all about games it's all about the games here that's what we're all about we always say it uh, it's the best thing to talk about don't need p- politics don't need all that crap that's going on out there in the world right now. We're just going to lock ourselves in our rooms and talk about the world of video games. Uh, so, Tom, would you do us the honours? Absolutely, guys. Let's get into the super sexy special Stadia Story segment, a.k.a. The News. The news. And this week on The News, as I mentioned, it's all about the games. Your pro games specifically. Woo-hoo. April's pro games got announced last Tuesday. Uh, we knew the time of podcast recording it was going to be that. So anyone who was expecting the pro games last week, we drop on a Monday. Pro games announced on a Tuesday. It's sod's law. That's what's going to happen. Um, we knew about one of them, of course. We knew about Resident Evil uh, Seven, 
Biohazard, we found that out the uh, Capcom announcement that happened the week prior. So we knew we were going to get one big AAA title. What we didn't expect and what we never really expect is what Stadia are going to do when they reach into their bag and they pull out whatever games Tom's bought in the past few months and apply them to the pro game discount. So uh, let's give mm-hmm. a let's give a quick breakdown, gentlemen. There's been a bit of a chit-chat online. There's a few that I'd like to get a quick take on because, Tom, you weren't here for the, the week of all the JRPG mm-hmm. news and we were relying on you <laughs> to tell us that uh, about which ones you had or hadn't heard of or played before because okay. we know that's, that's yeah. definitely in your wheelhouse. Yep. So... Resident Evil 7 was obviously the big big hitting title. We've, we've known about that for some time. Uh, it's super crazy that we got it for free. It's definitely the tentpole game of, of this month's selection. Mm-hmm. But I've seen so many people on social media jump in and experience this game for the first time. Some people bail straight away. And I probably would if I was playing it on my own too. So yeah. that's been great to see. Out of the other three titles, we'll probably say... One, I don't know if any of us bought it, but we definitely intended to, and then it kind of got lost in the mix a little bit, it was this little complete opposite end of the spectrum to Resident Evil was a little title called Piku Niku. Piku Niku. Uh, it's cute, <laughs> it's puzzly, and there's something creepy lurking underneath. Now I feel like there's a Resident Evil vibe somewhere. Uh, somewhere else yeah, yeah. But, Piku um, Niku is actually a secret. Maybe Resident not as Evil far-fetched game. from Resident Evil as you think. <laughs> it's a 2D version of uh, Resident <laughs> Evil <laughs> with bright those, colors. All those, all those, cre- all, all those cute, colorful creatures right there are actually the family. <laughs> and they could be. There could be some weird. This could be the you know the framework they do when they plan yeah. out games and movies. This is just the the storyboarding of Resident uh, Evil. Concept so. art. <laughs> what if we made Resident Evil in Microsoft Paint? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, have either of you checked it out yet? No, I have not. <laughs> this is one I had loads of like interest to play, and then I can't remember what happened around launch. Something else must have like randomly dropped that stopped us from playing because we had every intention to do this on a Thursday stream, and then it just yeah. never happened. So something must have gone. I mean, it might have been FIFA dropped potentially, quite possibly around the same time. It, it can happen. We don't have infinite time, unfortunately. So games slip yeah. through the fingers. That is true. That is true. But it is out now, and it's another game from uh, Devolver Digital, who seem to be going Ooh. quite hard on. Stadia right now because we've got some other stories later on lined up that are also Devolver. We mentioned last week uh, as well a couple of games, so they're definitely all in on Stadia. It would feel uh, at this moment in time. So check PQ Nico out if you're not already. Fun little puzzler game. Um, again, very much looks like it's heavily inspired by the Mister and Mrs. Uh, Mister Men and Little Miss series. Microsoft Paint and Resident Evil clearly inspired. Also, it. very close ties to the Resident Evil franchise, Mister 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 Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mister Tickle, it'll get you all over the place. Yeah. Oh Mr. yeah, Mister Tickle created the T virus when he grew up. That's how it all started. That's what the T's for, Tickle. From what yeah, I've heard, it's just, <laughs> it was meant virus. just to make people more ticklish, um, but then turned them into zombies. That back, he wasn't yeah, a very good scientist. Too that backfired on it. Well, he wasn't Mister Scientist, was he? Mr. Tickle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get away from all that action and uh, throw it over to, to you, Tom. So we mentioned uh, last week that we were getting Ease uh, Lacrimosa of Ease Eight Lacrimosa of Dana. No clue what that means. Still don't. Okay. Uh, we okay. figured that you would have a better insight into this uh, the other week. So now we've got the announcement. It's coming as a pro game. Everyone who's got a pro subscription, has the ability to actually try this out for the first time. I'm going to check it out. We got some recommendations from uh, some people over at Stadia as well. Tom, do you have any further insight into this? I know I think, Richie, you've played it right as well, so we can get your little first look at that too. Not uh, only, Yeah, not only have I played it, it's the first look, and it should be coming out on Wednesday. 
Ooh, keep your eyes open for that. Um, Ease Eight is um, is 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 a very interesting title because um, the Ease franchise has been going on for quite a long time, um, akin to you know other big JRPG series like the Final Fantasy franchise. Um, and, and Dragon Quest, which we've obviously talked about before, um, Ease has sort of always taken a bit of a taken a bit of a backseat. But um, Ease Eight came out. Um, it's been out a few years now. It's twenty sixteen. It was sort of, it was. Yeah, it was. It was sort of like the um, the uh, like breathing life back into the franchise, really. And it's actually very, very critically acclaimed in terms of the JRPG um, <clears throat> sort of universe i suppose really it's an incredible action jrpg as opposed to like a turn-based like like your final fantasy it's a bit more akin to in a roundabout way more like the remake of final fantasy 7 in terms of the the battle system and so on there but it's um it, it's an interesting one for people who've never tried uh jrpgs before i'd almost say it might be a good introduction to, to to jumping into a series like that, particularly is the fact that we've got it for uh, as part of Pro, mm. uh, so you've got it completely for free. But if you do enjoy it, expect to spend a long time playing that game because JRPGs are not short. They're uh, they tend to run a good sixty to eighty hours long. Uh, is probably what I'd say. On bravely default, I have rolled credits on it and I, I caught up just under seventy hours, and I didn't do. I haven't done everything in the game. There's a significant post game. I haven't done the true ending. I, I'm with you. I've done a ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, it's one I'd highly recommend for anybody who is interested in trying out JRPGs for the first time. Uh, it's got a stunning world. It's got a great set of characters. And the voice acting is actually pretty, um, yeah. pretty anime-esque as well in terms of um, anybody who's watched uh, dubbed anime. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about in terms of yeah. the, the voice acting and so on. But it's, it's pretty good quality. It's not low budget. Uh, great gameplay. Brilliant story give it a shot what's to what's 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 not to do love the one thing i will point out though is if you are absolutely must have the best triple a graphics um hdr or all, all that sort of stuff it does look like a ps2 game yeah it, it does it lack looks like a graph. good ps2 game but yeah but it, it's one of them it, i don't think you should be discouraged by that personally mm. i don't think it detracts from the game Wonderful. It's weird because yeah. in in the world we live in now, I actually don't think old looking games. It, the older they are, yeah. they almost get their own art style, like a nostalgic art style to them, yeah. where you can actually the, overlook the the rough edges. Like I mean, look at um, is it Valheim? Valheim, I think. Valheim. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that I, game is not AAA, but it's selling gangbusters, and people appreciate it for it's almost like low res world that you live in yeah. because it's not that's yeah. not at the end of the day it's gameplay wins through above all else and uh, yeah, yeah you're best right, analog for the graphics i'd say is the enhanced versions of final fantasy 10 hmm. that's where you're looking yeah. graphically interesting uh so your first look richie goes up on wednesday you said yes it does wonderful yeah. so if you're interested in the game you may have claimed it as pro you want to check that out uh richie's got a first look here it's about an hour you should about yeah, an it's hour. about an hour long and Put it this way, um, I was expecting to play this game, then move over to Dragon Quest, and now I'm torn between which one I want to play. Oh, <laughs> you've, you've made that mistake of teasing yourself yeah. with too many things. Uh, but you did mention uh, it looks, it reminds you of a PS2 game, so final pro game of the month uh, is in fact a PS2 game that was uh, rehydrated from, uh, well, actually ask you to one question. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? 
know. I have no idea what you're talking about, Chris. Oh, <laughs> I was tempted to sing it for you. You should have sang it for me. Oh, <laughs> oh living the pineapple under the sea. I could Copyright go. claims inbound. <laughs> uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated uh, also dropped. Surprisingly, I didn't think we'd get this title for some reason. There's this. Uh, and a couple of others from THQ Nordic, but in my mind, I just didn't think it would fit into you, the pro category because of the price. You know I guess. what it is? It's because this game was va- Stadia vaporware for quite a while. I was like, where is it? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, we've started to see a couple of them pop up recently. Now we had mm-hmm. um, obviously SpongeBob Destroy All Humans did eventually show up. We had Dead yep. Five show up last week. So. In my reckoning, the only one that's kind of missing in action is still that bloody Mafia trilogy. It came out last September everywhere else, and it was announced for Stadia, and here we are in April. April? (laughs) (laughs) And yet, like, I've tweeted at the developers, 2K and such, and just, uh, the publishers, sorry, and Stadia, and uh, silence. Mum's the word on Mafia, apparently. Which is so weird. I actually saw the collection on the PlayStation Store for... Maybe 20 quid the other day? Mm. Maybe less. It might have been in one of the wow. spring sales. So it's already getting discounted on other platforms and we still haven't got it. Yeah. But it's just the fact that they stay quiet. Like, again, I, the shadow drops can be a win or a lose situation depending on how yeah. big they are. Like, the Resident Evil stuff was, like, hype because it came with a great deal. always a lose situation, lose situation <laughs> apart from when it is, like, a Resident Evil. Mm. So, either way, uh, I guess we'll play SpongeBob while we wait for uh, Mafia to sort themselves Oof. out. So, Battle for Bikini Bottom. Tom, you've played a little bit, bit of this title. Yes, yes, I have. Give us, give us an insight into uh, into our good friend SpongeBob and his uh, Patrick Starfish. And um, sat down to play some games with my fiance the other day. Uh, we were scrolling through the Stadia library. First of all, where's that search bar, guys? Come on. Um, secondly, I'd also really like to see a filter feature to be able to pick like local multiplayer games. Come on, seriously. Sponge-related um, games. Absolutely. Um, but. We eventually settled on jumping into SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom because it's the kind of game that I think we could just sit down and have a bit of fun with. Um, <clears throat> never played the PS2 version, so I sort of, in my mind, had an idea that we might be able to play like two-player through the story or so on. Um, the story plays great. Like The story is a, a really good sort of um, simple game. It's, it's very appropriate for children, obviously, with the title character being a, a, a children's cartoon character who we all know and can't necessarily say love but you know um we we are aware of the sponge creature um but it's it's very reminiscent of games like um banjo kazooie for me which is quite a bit of a throwback where you know you've got your collectibles you've got your levels that you can move between your, your little zones um and you've got to collect certain numbers of collectibles in order to be able to access different areas so it's very progressional in that sort of sense there um however we obviously wanted to play it multiplayer and we hit the multiplayer. We jumped in with our characters. I picked uh, Patrick Starfish, and she picked uh, she picked Sandy the squirrel. Mm-hmm. And um, suddenly, we were thrown into, with no explanation whatsoever, um, a large arena with several islands, followed by waves of enemies. No explanation as to what the hell was going on. No story giving us any idea of like why we're fighting these things. There was just a giant robot Squidward, mm-hmm. and loads of little robots attacking us and every time we defeated them we moved to a new island or there was an extra wave that came and we thought okay we'll just persist with it just for a little bit just to see if there was some sort of boss fight 
it, essentially, they might as well have slapped that screen up because I'm pretty sure we went for a solid hour and a half and we just, we, it was just wave after wave after wave. So unless I'm doing something wrong, folks, please, please do just let me know because that was uh, not enjoyable. Not enjoyable in the slightest, I'm afraid. It uh, so, it sounds very yeah. much like a PS2 game where the, any kind of co-op or multiplayer was it's there as a as a as a byproduct of the main game yes. because that's kind of what yeah. the the games industry was leaning towards. We saw it in PS3, Xbox 360 generation where every single player campaign had to have a multiplayer element, whether it was a shooter or a story mode, just because that was the way the industry was leaning. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. So perhaps we've just been spoiled by it. Mm. Maybe because this is like a re- remastered version, essentially. It's yes. One of those THQ Nordic properties, they picked it up, they remastered it, and they probably made a lot of money off it, to be fair. Uh, it got quite a lot of buzz. It's got that nostalgic kick to it. And I'm one, I'll hold my hands up. I like SpongeBob. Like, I don't watch it anymore. Yeah. Thank, like, cause I don't even know what channel it's still on Nickelodeon, I presume. I imagine. I never really watched it as a kid, to be honest. See, it, I think it goes on an age thing. So I had a younger sister who. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Your, yeah, your younger sister Richie is the same as my brother's age. So yeah, yeah, I've got like an extra generation under that of like kids TV yeah. has always been on in our house for like an extra three or four years. And I think as SpongeBob came to his height, it was still on in my household. And I'll be honest, there's a lot of jokes in there that are definitely for an older audience yeah. uh, that are scattered throughout it. But uh, yeah, I like SpongeBob and Patrick and Squidward and Mr. Krabs and Plankton and Sandy and and all the characters. So clearly, they have some impression on me. And uh, Clancy Brown voices Mr. Krabs, so. Oh, Clancy Brown. Uh, yeah, it looks like a fun platform. I do actually intend to jump in and check it out. I might even do it on stream just to reminisce a little bit about my uh, Nickelodeon days. And uh, it's nice to see though that we get games like this that they take IP. And uh, I know we've got we've got what the Ben Ten game coming, yeah. and there's also the well, what was the, the Zorro Train Your Dragon game as well. The Zorro game as well. So obviously there is IP out there, and the audience is out there for everyone. But uh, Dig it, dig deeper, maybe so for some better PS2 titles and uh, THQ Nordic, and bring them across. Where's Time Splitters? They own Time Splitters, by the way. I'm still holding out wow. for this Time Splitters remaster trilogy that they they keep kind of teasing us with, because that would land itself perfectly to online multiplayer. So they are four pro games. Ladies and gentlemen, for the week, uh, March 31st, at the time of listening, you've missed your chance to claim Steam World Dig Quest, Steam World Dig Two, Super Hot Mind Control Delete, and Formula One 2020. Along with Hotline Miami, they've all gone off the pro title. Uh, do you think they'll ever give us a, a time frame of these pro titles when and if they? Or do you think they just do it on the fly? I don't think. I think that's something that we don't need to be honest. Just if you if you stay your pro member every month, just claim your games and that's it. I mean, I some kind of scope yeah. for if and when they're leaving. It just seems to be if like there's no like consistency between like oh they drop and they're available for three months to claim. It just seems yeah. to be pick and choose how long you get for yeah, some titles. I think it's probably just on the individual deals mm. with the publishers, just how long do we want to keep this up yeah. on Pro 4. So. Interesting. It's an interesting one to watch. Uh, there's a couple of other bits and pieces, I think, within the, the Pro game titles, but uh, we're getting quite a good vast library that's fleshing out, and uh, it's nice to see that we are getting the AAA, well, AAA titles, and then traditionally we get a, a smaller ones so what do we think this month's fairing is a is a summed up total gentlemen tom um decent i mean in my opinion this is probably one of the best months for acquiring a triple a game for free um definitely a month that i would have uh had i cancelled my sub for any reason this this is definitely a month where i feel like it's fully justified 
uh, in order to claim that to come back to at a later stage. Um, the other games, apart from Ease, I'm I'm not really sure, but um, Ease definitely for me. So at least two out of four there, mm. I'm happy with. Richie, I, I think I think it's a nice blend between the triple A titles. They're very different. Get every single one of them very different games. So that's kind of where I'd like the pro games to be. Mm. Like everything from you got everything from platformers to survival horror to JRPGs to Pico Niku. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Is, of course, Pico Niku. I think it's very. It's a very strong showing in the pro games this month. Yeah, it's. I saw a couple of people say, like, oh, I was thinking about cancelling pro and now I'm back in. And when you think about value for money uh, in particular, like, I know the prices are, are always a bit all over the place just due to the nature of... They're available on all, all of the digital storefronts and some have been out a long time, but they are new to Stadia, so I know some of the Ease games have got like almost like full markup pricing. Same with Resident Evil, but yeah. the reality is they're like £10, £15 on other platforms, so... Take it with a pinch of salt. I think SpongeBob was around about the twenty-three pound mark last week on a sale, and then this this month it's now free. So collectively, though, for what our ten ten pound a month, we're getting arguably forty fifty pound worth of uh, gear. And then if you take off the sale price, probably if if they put out full RRP, you're probably talking what eighty odd quid's worth. So it's a decent showing, and uh, yeah, it shows that, again that value in the pro subscription is there, and uh, we're. We're getting to the point now. I don't think I want to cancel just in case I'd miss a game. Yeah, because yeah. I've got what? How many months worth stacked up now? And if I just miss that one yeah. month, it's like, oh no. <laughs> I'm I'm almost doing a completionist run of them, the pro games. Whereas, <laughs> like, I just want to get them all because I've had pro yeah. since like Stadia launch. I've had, I've claimed every single pro game. Yeah, and I don't want to break that streak. There's going to be a special trophy in there somewhere, some achievement, isn't there, at some point? <laughs> there needs to be. But uh, in terms of like the value and the titles, though, it's interesting what it does for people, because there's a conversation to be had around Xbox Game Pass, and like their plan is to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And there's actually a lot of kind of like uproar over on the PlayStation community side of things, because they just dropped uh, MLB The Show uh, is coming to Game Pass Day 1, and that game is made by Sony Interactive. It's made and it was exclusive yep. to PlayStation platforms up until this this particular game release. So not only is it going over to the Xbox side of things for the first time ever, it's now free day one on Game Pass. Whereas if you have it on PlayStation, who made the damn game? It's like 50, 60 quid. Yeah. And then this obviously goes down to like, is it, obviously it's just a business decision. Microsoft goes, Sony, we'll give you X amount of money to have it on Game Pass. Sony go, sweet, that's a cool couple of million in the bank. Deal. Done. And everyone now, from a from a fan perspective, is now uproar about how can a Sony IP be free on a competitor's platform, and it's ridiculous. And that boils for me down to the pro subscription. The pro subscription this month has staved me off actually purchasing Outriders because I've been enjoying Resident Evil. I've got SpongeBob to try. I've got um, Piku Niku to check out, and I'm kind of like, well, do I need to drop fifty pound, sixty pound on a game right now when? I've got plenty to play. By the time I get through these four games, the new Resident Evil, which I've pre-ordered, is out next month. And then you just get into this world where it has the pro subscription desensitize me, in a, in a way, if that's the right word, to actually buying more games. And I thought, I'll just put that out there to you two gentlemen and think, like, how, is having these game subscriptions having an impact on your purchasing decisions? Whoever wants to uh, go with that. Um... <laughs> I mean, the first thing I was going to say there is it's probably a good idea that you haven't purchased Outriders yet, but we'll get onto that shortly. <laughs> um, my, my my thoughts are I'm, I'm at the point now, I think, just in my life in general, where I don't have to have 
the latest games day one. Like I, I don't feel the need to do that. And what I'm getting with Pro at the moment is definitely sort of fulfilling my time in gaming. So I wouldn't really say it's changed my um, my spending habits because a lot of the games that I would play prior to this would have been games that I've claimed on PS Plus previously on PS4 um, or games that I've picked up on the cheap secondhand. Anyway, I've never really been one who's been big on buying games day one. Um, that being said, when Stadia first came out, I definitely did buy a lot of games that were released on Stadia, specifically day one, when the, on Stadia, on the platform, as opposed to you know their actual release. Um, but that may have been me playing catch-up, I suppose, in a way with some things. But I'm getting enough... games on the platform at the time. Yeah, that's true, it's true. But there, a lot of the games that we were getting were not like day one in... Um, day and date in terms of like you know the the whole gaming ecosystem mm. um but i'll be interested to see going forwards with with us getting bigger titles um how that's going to change my spending habits because there's a lot of games that are coming out that have been announced that i am interested in now um we've got one that we're going to talk about shortly on the podcast too that has already come out but like the, there's other titles down the line that i now feel like should they come to Stadia? Yeah, I'll probably get them day and date. But I don't think the Pro Sub so much has had me sort of change the way I've spent my hab- uh, spent my money. I just think that I'm getting a lot of games, like I've said previously, that I've not really thought about before that I'm now enjoying. Mm. And I think that's that's where my spending habit has changed because it's now um, I'm now just trying more games as opposed to buying more games. I don't know if that really comes across right. Yeah, it's, why would you have a full meal when you can just have little tasters of loads of things? Apparently so. Eight courses of mini little hors <laughs> d'oeuvres. <laughs> that's the Spanish habit, right, with tapas. Ah, tapas, that's, that's what, what yeah. it's all about. That's what it's all Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Richie, what do you think? Um, no, I don't think it has. Tom's covered a lot of the same points that I would. Things like PlayStation Plus, I've had that I've had that for years. So, mm. And also, I've, do, I've done the thing where, in the thought, um, with PlayStation especially... Where unless the game is like I'm really excited to play, mm. I'm happy to wait six months and watch watch the price half. Actually, I've got I've got um, something I do want to add. Sorry, um, talking about PS Plus, what we haven't touched about is is one of my discrepancies that I've got, or one of my sort of gripes I've got with the Game Pass model, because I think the PS Plus model and the Stadia Pro model is great. And I thought like Xbox games with gold is great, but the Game Pass idea of giving you games and then taking them away, I I don't like that. I I don't like that because with the pro model, we can claim the games and we know as long as we continue to subscribe that they're going to be there. But with Game Pass, you've got, you're sort of being encouraged to play then and there because if you don't, it's gone. Like, you know, you could be several months later and the game is taken away from you, essentially. Yeah, that, that, that kind of is an underspoken part of Game Pass. I've seen a couple mm-hmm. of people on social media say, like, actually, Game Pass has encouraged them to buy more games because then after the after the game leaves Game Pass, they they get, I think they get a discount to purchase, like 20% to, to purchase the game outright, yeah. which obviously you'd hope at that time the games came down in price, but you're totally right, Tom. It almost kind of gets you in the door and says, oh, look at this trial. Like, even though it's an extended, you don't have to drop any money on it outside the subscription. But then if you do really buy into that, it is a conscious decision you now need to make three, four, five, six months later of now I need to drop £20 on this game that I've been enjoying, but to keep playing it, even if I have Game Pass still, I now have to fork out actual like yeah. capital for it. So, yeah, it's, it's very understated. I think people get 
washed away. I think the FIFA 21, I think it's coming to EA Play in the next couple of weeks. They tweeted out that as well from EA. So that's, again, a game we've probably all put paid £20-odd pound on Stadia Profile, but we will always have that title, regardless of yes. what subscription we have. So, again, it's it's that balancing balancing act. Uh, but, yeah, it could, could be down to just spending habits and stuff and particular titles. It's just crazy how the, the whole gaming landscape is changing and evolving like right before our very eyes and how cloud is playing a big part of that as well. Uh, but you mentioned it, Tom. You mentioned it in, in their regards to titles because we got another announcement off the back of all like the crazy pro and Resident Evil stuff. It's been a great couple of... It's going to be a great like, last month for Stadia as a whole. Mm. It's, it's the, the library we've said before, it's, it's, it's a good problem to have but we're just getting inundated with so much stuff. And we saw something, I think, early last week, which was rated, and it was confirmed on one of the blog posts this week that we are getting a Bloodstained Ritual of the Night from uh, published by 505 Games, who make contro- uh, publish Control. So I'm still yeah. holding out, fingers crossed, we're going to get Control at some point this summer. Uh, developed by Artplay. And uh, this essentially, Tom, my, my understanding of it is it's a spiritual successor to the Castlevania franchise. Absolutely, and you are hyped for this one. Do you want to give us a bit of insight into what the hell all this is about? Yeah, absolutely. So Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is um, it's a side-scroller Metroidvania game outright. Like, it is purely the definition of what a Metroidvania game is, in, 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 so much so that it is the spiritual successor, like you said, of um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, um, which is created by uh, the guy who now runs Artplay, um, I'm just actually quickly looking for his name right here. I feel terrible for not having this in front of me right now. Um, but while I'm looking for that right here, um, it's it it came out several years ago. Again, I picked it up on the Nintendo Switch, and the Nintendo Switch port of it was not so good. The console version ran absolutely fine, though, but it's been very much hyped um, as, as a game that's sort of like, again, breathing life into this genre that is, you know, it's it's a classic to the sort of like PS1, PS2, and even some of the handheld series as mm. well, because um, the those sort of um, Metroidvania side-scrolling Castlevania games also t- uh, did really well on the Nintendo DS when it first came out too. But um, it, it's great if you love all things sort of like JRPG once again, but with a lot of sort of gothic um vibes to it a lot of sort of uh i mean i can't go anywhere without saying it's it's very castlevania it is literally you know the next castlevania game really because we're not getting anything from that franchise anymore but um it's one i'm super super excited and really really looking forward to Mm, i've just noticed it's got uh voice actors as well david david hayden solid snake himself uh, I've got the name right there. It's the uh, the gothic dark fantasy style of Koji Igarashi, uh, celebrated godfather of the Igovania series Igovania. of games. Igovania. Yeah. I remember when you said I've been playing it like Castlevania. I remember uh, Psycho Mantis from Metal Gear Solid going, you've been playing Castlevania. Castlevania. And, then I, and then I read further down, it was David Hayter. I was like, oh, that's a full full circle of uh, Kojima yeah. links up there. But uh, yeah, very excited for this game. Gorgeous kind of 2.5D, they kind of call it. Yeah. It's that laid foreground, background kind of style. And uh, yeah, for the Castlevania franchise, I think there was like a game that came out a couple of years ago that was kind of supposed to be the next one in the series and it didn't really land that well. And this is actually, like with all indie games now, they kind of just, they they make such a better take on it. They're kind of similar in a vein of Sonic Mania, where actually yeah. the people who make the game and all the franchise 
don't do it justice. But these these smaller developers who are so passionate about that style and game and the heritage and the nostalgia that comes with, they can just put it into yeah. better practice. And uh, yeah, Bloodstained looks like a great pickup. Uh, we didn't give a, didn't give us a date. They did this weird thing where they announced yes. certain titles and like half of them get dates and half of them are just oh, come soon, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I think it is a lot of where it comes when it's done sort of situation. We're yeah, in. it's so peculiar. Um, but then on the flip side of that, going all the way over the other end of the spectrum, uh, we've got the spiritual successor to, I don't know, Dance Math, Dance Evolution, something like that it might be. Uh, we got Floor Kids from Merge Media uh, coming April 14th, so not too long uh, left. Uh, the description is, Floor Kids is a one-of-a-kind breakdancing game featuring a unique uh, trick-style rhythm gameplay the controls allow you the freedom to play the way you like with a dynamic scoring system that rewards your moves based on musicality, originality, and style. Build up your crew of buh boys and buh-girls. I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, unlock new venues as you traverse the city, busting hundreds of different moves and countless combinations on your journey from the corner to the club. Welcome to the Santa Stadia podcast. We are the hippest podcast this side of Google Maps. <laughs> is that a typo or is that how you say bubba boys? And no, it's going to be B boys and B girls. <laughs> is it? Is that what? Break, break down? What? I don't know. Either oh, way, man. this game We've is... lost all street cred. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I don't think need... we had any anyway. <laughs> I don't need street cred. You can't go outside still, so... Yeah, true that. Okay, uh... Unique characters, locations, 40 different tracks. Hopefully they're uh, copyright-free, otherwise it's not going to get streamed by many people. Uh, Floor Kids, coming April 14th. Okay. Never heard of it, not seen anything about it prior to this. I don't even know if I've got a rating on Stadia. It's weird how some games get rated, and other games just like creep right under the radar, and then all of a sudden they're yeah. just announced by Stadia. It's interesting how yeah. some just kind of pop up out of nowhere. I think it's the games that they're holding close to the chest that that the bounty shadow drop. They're the ones who get spoiled by the ratings board mm. because they have to, you know, submit it to the ratings board. But when they actually announce it ahead of time, well, yeah, you get you control the narrative a bit better. Yeah, very true, very true. So slightly polarizing uh, game announcements uh, this week, but again, it's it just goes to show that the library is is getting fleshed out with so much variety of titles, and there's something for everyone in there. Uh, that cannot be stated. I'm going to throw this out and guess this this isn't in either of your two uh, repertoire. What are you talking about, Chris? <laughs> no, no. I'm time. the hippest b-boy this side of um. Yeah, no. <laughs> this side. No, of it, it, I don't. No. I don't think it's for me. No. Well. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Looking at us all, who'd have thought we were down with the kid, down with the floor kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we're so old. Uh, anyway, moving on from uh, some new gamer titles, we had we did have a big game drop last week, which surprisingly enough to me, uh, Outriders from Square Enix, their their second crack at the whip of this kind of like online multiplayer thing uh, alongside Avengers, uh, did come out April first. No April Fool, although they kind of made a bit of fool themselves with the server issues. Uh, Stadia kind of didn't even mention or talk about this. It literally got like two lines of sentencing on. Their, their entire blog, all the focus was on Resident Evil, the pro games, all the other stuff going on. Piku Niku got more of a write-up than Outriders, which seems a bit odd, considering it's one of arguably the biggest AAA titles to come to the platform. It's gone a bit mm. understated in terms of the launch. It's it's arguably the biggest game that's come out this year, so far. Yeah. 
It's in the so far, yeah, it certainly has. I'd, I'd agree with that one. Um, and I'm not even just talking on Stadia. I'm talking all platforms. That's the level this game yeah, pitched at. Globally. Well, that's kind of what we wanted to talk about. So Outriders is out, and uh, you can jump in and play now. They have had a lot of teething issues with the servers. I have noticed yeah. that it was down, and then I think they had to close down <clears throat> PC and console, and they had to do some maintenance work. I saw them tweeting out. Uh, people can fly who are the developers they've tweeted out a couple of times saying we're switching stuff off we're working on it uh, i believe at the time of recording everything is now okay and stable i know they turned on i think pc first then console followed shortly after or vice versa and um the reason being gentlemen is because they've had a massive launch so much so that it's dwarfed avengers if we go on steam's numbers to give us an indication uh, so the Looty Shooter Outriders has uh, at launch had a hundred thousand concurrent players on Steam, whereas uh, Avengers only had twenty eight thousand. Wow, so that's that's okay. quite a crazy stat to to show yeah. you how yeah. the difference. Yeah. Like I personally would have thought Avengers would have done bigger numbers. Again, take this with a grain of salt. This is just reflective of Steam. It doesn't indicate like maybe small people on console played Avengers. Who really knows? But to get a, like a litmus test it, check, it's almost. Uh, Shockingly, mm. did like it's like mm. four yeah. four times as much nearly. Um, neither of us, none of us are playing Outriders, as far as I'm aware. No, uh, I'm, I'm uh, sort of steering clear of it for the meantime because um, Stadia seems to be having a, a weird sort of issue with Outriders at the moment. The fact that the the game the game had some performance issues on launch as well, um, which were quite quickly patched out. However, Stadia is still running on. Uh, as far as I'm aware, it may have changed by the time that we release this episode, but it's still running on the 1.0 or the or the 1000 version patch, as it's called, which is the basic. Uh, essentially, it's the same build as the demo um, which that we, we didn't you know, get, that, <laughs> which we didn't get. But it's the same performance version. It's just the full game running on that performance level, really, um, which has been one of the big things. And another thing was that I think the launch on Stadia was scheduled to be at a specific time, and it also came a little bit later than planned as well. Disappeared from the store altogether for a while too, which was strange. So um, I'm going to watch it with bated breath and see, and hopefully see that things pick up and see that the performance gets improved and so on before I actually get into playing it. Um, I never really pre-ordered it, so again, I'm I'm waiting for the the bugs to be ironed out first, get the stability down before I try it. It's an it's an interesting one in general because yeah, they've had to do things like they switched off crossplay, and that was that mm-hmm. was uh, disconnected this last weekend because I'd imagine that's that's a whole other realm of connecting wires from different uh, different yeah. companies and servers and such. But you're yeah, you're right, Tom. The the game disappeared from the storefront on the day, and then I saw Twitter, uh, Twitter, sorry, Stadia put in the Reddit threads that they hadn't pulled the switch fully on releasing the game. So we had this whole global map of releases when Stadia was going to get it, and it was 5 p.m. Uh, British Standard Time, and it, it didn't come until like an hour or so later. Uh, in regards to the pre-orders disappearing from the store, the same thing happened with Cyberpunk, as far as I'm aware. Now, my take on this, is this not just because you can no longer pre-order it because it launches today? So they have almost like that tiny little cut-off window where actually you've had three months to pre-order this game. It comes out today at a specific time. So this fractional time window we've got here, pre-orders aren't available because you've left it too late to pre-order because it comes out today. Do we think that's the reason or is is that just me thinking... 
Potentially, potentially. Be, yeah, just a little bit of in the inefficiency in the way they update the star listings. Yeah, because like in theory, the game in an ideal world should be out bang on midnight, right? So mm. pre-orders should stop at midnight because the game, according to the system and the algorithm, whatever they use, yeah. the the Stadia system probably thinks the game's out come midnight, right? So maybe pre-orders are set to the clock to stop being accepted at yeah. the stroke of midnight. Which would make more sense, rather. Yeah. Again, in my opinion, all of them should be dropping at midnight. I hate the fact that we have no yep. downloads and no updates. Yet I have to wait till five pm of the goddamn afternoon yeah. to play. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm, I saw a couple of people tweet out saying, I'm, "I've got the day off work. Please don't make me wait till late afternoon." Because I don't know about you guys, but come that time of day, if you're off, that's when you start like planning your afternoon meal. You see your other other halves. You 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 have yeah, plans. It's... You don't. Whereas if you're off, you want to dig it's into a, a fest thing, right? It's a weird choice Stadia has made. It's kind of almost diluting one of their biggest selling mm. points with, like, yeah, you don't have to wait in line in, in the store to get it. You don't have to down, download a massive day one patch and install the game. You can just click and play. But when you're waiting, like, literally, like, 17 hours after other consoles get it, then you yeah. kind of, well, that that time yeah. you've just wait squandered that time yeah even with some of the worst internet connections you could download the whole game in yeah. 12 4 14 15 well, hours whatever it may, may be yeah but uh all that aside though the game seems to be doing really well i'm i'm quite happy for it because hopefully i mean the what there would have been a scenario where outriders does bad avengers has done bad and then square Enix just go you know what when this whole multiplayer online thing we're out. We're not going to try and reinvest in this so much. But I think the success of Outriders could actually, in turn, help Avengers. And they could learn from each other and share yeah, share I, the kind of stats behind the scenes. Outriders, they seem to have built a better game than Avengers, right from the core concept of mm. what it is. Um, I mean, looter so, shooters lend themselves a little yeah. bit better to that kind of thing, anyway. Yeah, very true. Uh, however, there is like a little um, kind of caveat to that as well. Did you see when the servers were down, you can't play the game offline? Yes, I did see that. A lot of people were complaining on Twitter and saying that they couldn't even jump into the single player stuff, like offline, like you say, without it, it. You need to have that online connection to be even able to play single player. That's uh, yeah, isn't that, that the sucks. same things like Destiny and Division and pretty much every game? That yeah, has, yeah, consistent online game, mm. like. That's... It is, but this this goes back to the irony of when people shit all over Stadia and say, "Oh well, yeah. what about internet connection?" In 2021, most big title games, yeah. as long as they're not exclusively single player, require an internet connection. And I listened to a couple of podcasts this past week, and they did the same thing where they said again about why why would you think about cloud gaming? Like, I don't want a day when my internet goes down, and I guess I'm not just playing. I guess I'm just not playing games today. And my counter-argument to that, and I actually message into the show, so we'll see if anything comes of it, but yeah. my counter-argument to that is everyone says this about internet connection. In the last year where lockdowns happened and the, every country's infrastructure for internet has been at its utmost hard-strained, I'd argue my internet's been out for a couple of hours at best. In 365 I, days, a couple of hasn't. hours at best... Since I upgraded my router, I've had zero internet issues. Mm -hmm. like none. And I know we're, we're kind of benefit, like the infrastructure in the UK is terrible in some ways, but it's good in others. But yeah. reality is people using this as like a, a, a as a weapon to, to put Stadia it's... down. It's so flawed because we live in 2021 where the internet yeah, is a... everywhere. 
such a dated argument. Yeah, isn't it? it's like saying I'm not going to get a mobile phone in case the signal cuts out. Like, come <laughs> on, like you get for for ninety nine point nine percent of your day, you have internet. And ninety nine point nine percent of your life, every year, year on year, you have internet. Yes, there might be outages, but let's face it. And you know what? It's if not... there is an outage, read a book. Yeah, <laughs> you've got something better. But then, but then here's the thing, wow. Richie. So my other kind of counterpoint to that is that we've also got cellular data. If yeah. my broadband Wi-Fi went down, I've got 4G and 5G, which is only getting better every day, day on day. The networks invest millions and millions in making these networks bigger and better. I could just... This is the great thing with Stadia. Couldn't do it with my PlayStation. My PlayStation goes offline. I ain't playing anything. With Stadia, I just pick up my phone, crack on. I mean... You could tether your phone, your, your PlayStation to your phone. I could, Richie, but yeah. I'd just go but read a book you, if I wanted you're, to do you're that. You're looking right? at having an unlimited data plan. See, I wouldn't yeah. do that because I don't have an unlimited data plan and it would just burn through my data. But but if you're one of the people who doesn't want to read a book and you want to play games, fuck your data yeah. plan. <laughs> I'm jumping in. I want to play Outriders right yeah. now, baby. But uh, yeah, and I just I heard those topical points and it was like, we are getting to that point where we have huge titles like Resident Evil. Outriders, we've got Avengers, we've got Cyberpunk, we've got Valhalla, we're getting all the little indie titles now coming through as well. Bloodstained Ritual Night, and it's kind of just like I feel like the argument's just crumbling yeah, more well, and more as time I've just, passes. I've just thought of something. People don't use that same stick to beat Netflix with. Mm-hmm. It's the same argument if you yeah. watch TV. It's like, what, oh, I'm not going to watch Netflix just in case my internet goes out because then I can't watch it. I'm only going to buy um, Blu-rays. Like, no, People don't do that yeah yeah i feel like i've seen more online of people complaining when disney plus goes down at midnight in the states because everyone's trying to watch um winter soldier and falcon winter soldier and when everyone tries to watch it bang on midnight like disney plus's servers almost have a crash that happens more regular than my internet going down yeah it's true what a world we live in but uh, yeah, I don't even know where that rant came from. But uh... yeah, <laughs> we're in a bit of. Um, I can't remember why we got though. to it. But uh, either way, new games coming to Stadia. Enjoy them, and uh, yeah, you've got no excuses to play because you can play anywhere, anytime. And uh, that's that's the kind of new game announcements we got. We did get. Speaking of games, we said this week's episode is just flush flush to the car with games. Uh, we got a bunch of titles dropping um, that came out. Some of them which we kind of we saw rated, and they they were. Shadow dropped this week. Uh, the first one up was uh, Kimono Heroes. Uh, dropped yes. on Stadia. We'll just give them a quick rundown, actually. Where's where's my list? Where is my list gone? Uh, we got Kimono Heroes, Cosmic Star Heroine, uh, Killer Queen Black, which uh, we are actually looking to do a live stream on for all three of us because yeah. it's a super fun party game. We've reached out yeah. to the devs about how we can we can best work with them to, to showcase their game to its full potential. Uh, Kimono Heroes, Cosmic Star Hero, and Killer Queen Black. Uh, Trine 4. Tom, you weren't here when I think this one dropped. Have you got any insight into Trine 4? Is it your type uh, of No, game? I was I was, I was, was here for that episode when we talked about Trine 4. Not when, the, uh, not when it dropped. I think it's when it got announced for it. Because um, I think it's only just dropped as of quite recently. Every, every peculiar game, I yeah. always just presume you know <laughs> way, <laughs> way more about it than, uh, than I yeah. ever would. No, I think that we covered that two episodes ago. Right then, so we got that, yeah. and Disco Elysium dropped as well. So breaking mm-hmm. them down, Kimono Heroes, this this is fitting into that wheelhouse of that vibe of Monster Boy and Kaze, that, <laughs> that kind of 2D Mario-esque inspired kind of world. Mm-hmm. Either of you picking this game up? Uh, 
No, um, it's 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 something that I would try if I really had nothing else to play. But this is the kind of game that I would expect to see go pro. Pro, and um, I was going to say this earlier, but recently, obviously, there's been a bit of a joke in the past about oh, games that Tom buys usually go pro. <laughs> um, well, recently, it's been games that have been considering buying, like East Does Eight. It- so Stadia uh, got ahead of you now. So Stadia now ahead of the game, so I'm sort of expecting Bloodstain to go pro at some point. It's all that it's all that Google data they use, and they now can predict games you would have bought. To so be fair, pro. the amount of Google tech I've got in my house, I wouldn't be surprised if they're listening to me talking about what games I'm considering buying. A lot of Google tech I have in this room. It's just like my, it's, yeah, Google's like Minority Report now that can predict yeah. predict the game before it's happened. Yeah, Kono Heroes though is it's very reminiscent of like an old side scrolling um, arcade game like that. I'd actually expect to be sitting there with like the joystick and the buttons to yeah. be playing um, in a pub on a Saturday, hmm. which is what I used to do as a kid growing yeah. up. Um, it's it's an interesting title, but again, I don't really see myself buying it. Amongst yeah. everything else, I I, look, I watched the trailer and I thought it looks fun, but I feel like Kaze is a much more polished yeah. version of it. Almost like I know it's an older yeah. game and Kaze is brand new, but there's just something about it just looks cleaner and sharper. And while um, while we're talking about, it, I guess Tom, you've 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 recorded a first look for the channel, which is going to go yes. at some point next week for Kaze because yeah. we were hyped for that. Um, what mm. are your first impressions? Because I've not picked it up. I was hyped for it, okay. but then when it dropped. The, we mean Richie discussed it last week, but the price being more expensive than PlayStation yeah. and Xbox and Steam and such, and then all the other stuff and Resident Evil dropping, I've, I'm just holding my, holding off for now, thinking it will see a price drop in the near future. Again, patience is key, ladies and gentlemen. But <laughs> you have played it, and is it worth the thirty pound? And did you um, enjoy your uh, first hour? Or so is is it is it worth it? I'm trying to remember how much I bought Sonic Mania for when it first came out because it is very akin to a Sonic Mania level game um, in terms of the the overall like mm-hmm. amount that you get for your money's worth. Um, it is a it is a fun game. It is really really fun, and it's one that I could have seen myself actually sitting down and. With more time, I would have even thought about making it a little like Saturday morning cartoon type Aww. series to bring back as like a nostalgia. But um, I, I I want to play more of it. Um, however, I would say hold off for a sale because I, I think the only thing that was holding me back with it is because it's a new IP. It doesn't have that sort of like it doesn't fully hit you in the nostalgia spot mm. because it doesn't have that like titular character it's that we like already in, know. into Sonic Mania. Like, yes. Oh, this is what I've wanted. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's like coming home. It's, it's, it's trying to be that, but it's trying to create its own IP in, yeah. um, in an area where it, it has such a, such like a, a, a really well built up history already. Um, that being said, though, it does have some pretty original ideas that we've not seen in games like Sonic before, and I think that's where its strengths really lie. So um, look forward to getting my first opinions on that when that video comes out later this week as well. Yeah. It has it's, it's designed to have like actual levels, isn't it? Like yes. worlds almost, like very akin to like Super Mario days and Sonic. And stuff. It is. It is very much a mix of 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 old like old games that you will be very nostalgic for. Mm. Yeah, I watched some of um, our friend John Scar, who does a lot of. Mm-hmm. He did. He did actually a full playthrough of the game prior to to launch, and uh, yeah, there's a couple of things I saw in there which was like, oh, 
that looks good. Those boss fights. Some of the some of the bosses are very reminiscent of Cuphead as well, where it's like yes. vegetables came to life, and it was like, oh, there's a gi- giant aubergine trying to kill me, um, but with a lovely, lovely eighties, nineties uh, vibe to it as well. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah, great recommendation, and um, I think yeah, thirty pound, a little bit too steep at this moment in time. So hold off out there if you if you can do so. So back to our list of games then uh we mentioned we spoke at length about disco elysium i saw the uh the re the recan the final cut sorry uh, amazing plaudits it's been re-reviewed uh, across a couple of gaming websites and they've given it like 10 out of 10s 9 out of 10s and stuff and uh some places it, it actually didn't get rated in australia did you guys see this for some reason no I it didn't pass certification in australia uh there's something to do with um i think there's part of storylines on about like women and men doing something that's a bit like maybe oddly oddly choice for script but it, it didn't pass i mean australia notoriously is quite strict around the ratings yeah. there's a couple it's, of games i think a couple of grand theft autos aren't out there and and bully and, and other titles pretty much all rockstar games uh <laughs> don't get released over there because they've got that extra scrutiny on it for the ratings board but uh yeah great plaudits for disco Elysium, and it's still one that it's it's on my radar I'm so I'm more like morbidly curious about it now, mm. uh, but again that dropped down quite yeah morbidly because there's a lot of death. It's like he's a detective yeah. or something, and yeah the price just still still there's something about See, the I'm I, so price I'm just skint maybe I just don't have money and I'm more like it's one for me. If it came out in February, I probably would have bought it hmm. because I was. Where it was February is quite was quite barren in games. Like that would have been the perfect time for it to drop and stay. Like when I had the time to play it, but other games have really just took my focus away from it. Hmm. Yeah, it's a weird one. I could see it being one of the big pro titles in the future. There's like a bigger, big like a tempo one. But uh, yeah, interesting. Stadia. Mm. But I think out of all of the ones that came on this week, the one that's got my most interest because it's got. The best arguable price as well is probably Killer Queen. Yes, uh, Black. Yeah. So we said we're, we've reached out to the devs about doing some kind of like a, just because I think it's it's one that doesn't take much effort to jump in and enjoy. We're basically going to say hello to everyone, join us in the chat, let's have a fight, giant giant snails, giant uh, <laughs> giant wasp creatures, and we'll just fight it out with swords uh, to some awesome music and uh, have some. It's a uh, game that's almost made for first night streams. Yep. Yes. It pretty much is, and it's it's available now. And I've seen a couple of people have loads of fun with it, and the the devs have been fantastic with just engaging with the community, sharing stuff. I know again, uh, Lee, our, our good friend Stady Dad, he did a stream where the devs were involved in the chat and stuff, and uh, yeah, it just seems like they're happy, they're proud of the game, and they're they're happy to share it with everyone because it's been out it's been out a while on other platforms. So uh, keep your eyes on the channel, keep your eyes on our Twitter feed for ones like that. Our final game of the week, gentlemen, was. Uh, Actually, no, Trials of Cold Steel is out. Yep, Trials of Cold Steel 3 is out. This is where I get confused with my JRPGs. You have played it, Richie. I haven't played it, I've bought it. You've bought it, right, okay. (laughs) I'm going to jump in this afternoon. Right, so you haven't played it yet? Haven't played it yet. Right, okay. Because this is the one with with guns instead of just swords and stuff from what I remember. So another one. Tom, any more insight into Trials of Cold... uh, The Legend of Heroes Trials of Cold Steel 3? Uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3 is the third in the franchise, as you can tell by the name of it. Um, one <laughs> thing I would say <laughs> is... With JRPGs, that doesn't necessarily ring true. No, 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 no. no. 
but what I would say is, um, if you are interested in this huge wave of JRPGs that we're being hit with at the moment, again, I would recommend Ease 8 over this or... Um, or uh, it's very difficult to say over Dragon Quest as well, because Dragon Quest is such a good game. Um, but this game does have a lot of links to previous titles in the series as well. So you might find yourself sort of struggling to understand what the hell is going on. I believe this is a recap, though, built into it's the game. It's a recap. Okay, yeah. okay. That's that's pretty useful to know because particularly with... Um, <laughs> there's a weird thing about JRPGs where, as you say, Chris, on the one hand, the number could mean absolutely nothing. Look at Final Fantasy. Um <laughs> But on the other hand, there okay, are some titles. Yeah, but on, but on the other hand, there are some JRPG titles where it does literally move from one to the next in sort of yeah. like sequential order, and this just happens to be one of them. Um, but that being said, once again, an incredibly well-rated JRPG. So I can't like I can't fault the fact that we're getting these games, and I'm pretty sure we're also. Um, expecting to get the next in the series as well mm -hmm. so yeah I, the thing for me is i wouldn't with this being the third in the series i wouldn't let you put put let it put you off mm -hmm. buying it if you're really interested in the game because i guarantee a quick google search you'll find some plot summaries of one and two yes that is very true speed. Yeah, I've done it with a few games where you just go on YouTube and go five minutes summary, and some some amazing I'll, I'll content creator out there has done some kind of like yeah. recap just to fill you in. I do that every time. I'll Melody do it for games I've played, but when the sequel comes out, something like say five years later, mm. if I haven't don't have time to replay it, I'll watch a plot summary. Yeah, chances are I'll probably forget what happened in Final Fantasy VII Remake by the time the next part comes out. <laughs> probably <laughs> you, you and the rest of them, uh, and then. The final game, which was rated a few months ago, we got a date for uh, through a press release. Uh, Legend of Keepers from Goblin Studios yeah. is coming uh, April 29th. So, yeah. not to be confused with Legend of Heroes, this is Legend of the Keepers, slightly different style game. Uh, it's essentially, we, we mentioned it a few, actually, we probably mentioned it a few weeks back when it was actually rate, uh, rated. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like a dungeon crawler, if I recall. Where you... It's a reverse dungeon crawler. Uh, and what I mean by that is the fact that you are playing as the dungeon keeper, the throwback to a really old series <laughs> oh, of games that I absolutely that was, loved. Oh, same. Dungeon yeah. Keeper too. Uh, Leg Legend Keeper is very much a game where you are you are set out to try to stop adventurers from being able to conquer your dungeons. So you're you're playing the sort of bad guy in a way that where you're sort of like trying to destroy them in any way possible by building up your dungeons. Um, and I think it's through like hiring or playing as the enemies mm. rather than the heroes instead. Um, it's got great uh, great reviews on Steam Early Access as well already. It's got a load, a load of players. Um, I am probably going to get this game. This is This is something that I am very much looking forward to. I think Richie might as well. Just, just judging by as soon as you said that, the legend of uh, whatever the other one was called, <laughs> I forgot already. Yeah, uh, Dungeon Keeper. Dungeon Keeper. That's it. Well, so it's a very keepers. different game to Dungeon. Dungeon Keeper is more of a strategy. Yeah. Um, and this is very much like dungeon management. Um, I actually think you'd enjoy Dungeon Keeper, Chris. 
yeah i probably would enjoy it. i enjoy most games it's just yeah. the time that's that's the thing that really is the thing uh but funny you should say a different type of game richie because our final story of the week uh comes from cd project red who uh put out a statement uh, around the kind of the, the plans going forward because they've had a bit of a tough time uh have cd project uh through no well i was gonna say through no fault of their own Partially through their own uh, problems. <laughs> from Karen in accounting. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, <laughs> damn. Uh, but yeah, the reality is uh, they've obviously been screwed over by hacks and leaks and stuff, and then the whole game not working on most platforms. It still isn't out on the PlayStation 4 digital storefront. Three months, over 100 days, I think, now have passed on that, which is crazy. They put out a patch last week, which um, we didn't really cover on the show because it literally is just a long lot. It shows you how yeah. buggy that game was that the patch list was about 20 pages of just bullet points of this mission fixed, this mission fixed, this side quest, this item, this glitch bug, and it just went on and on. So we didn't even cover it last week because it would have just been us rattling off a list of 100 things uh, and more. This is an entire show and just going through that patch list. Oh, definitely. Uh, but they have came out this week and said that they're, they're reorganising to look at developing multiple AAA projects at the same time. So no doubt Ooh. through Cyberpunk development, the studio's expanded, they've recruited more people, and now the game's out, they're now probably, I'd imagine with everything that's happened, they're looking at probably a bit of an internal restructure from the top down. I'm, no doubt, I'm surprised the CEO is he, or the, the chairman is even still around because after everything that happened last time, I'd imagine there's got to be some questions asked of the board and everything that's going on because it's, uh, let's face it, this if they delayed that game to this year, just think of how good 2021 could have been for this title if they'd have left it sorted it out everywhere like there's no like everything's been pushed back all the big warner brothers games have been knocked back to next year they would have what had far cry and resident evil to contend with for like game of the year well depending on what exclusives get put out as well but alas they didn't so they've came out and said just in a in a corporate video update as they do uh, we want to improve the way we make games. We want to continuously improve the working environment for every team member. We want a sharper focus on how we work together to make great games. Uh, the word crunch is not mentioned within the video at any point. Uh, we should point out as well, because leading up to the Cyberpunk launch, I think their staff were forced... Not, I mean, they were forced, but it was they got paid uh, to work like... Six, was it six days a week, if I recall, leading up to the launch to yeah, get it finalised It's something CG project... What made it worse for CG Project Red was they've been a company that's been very forward-thinking in the way mm. they've approached their, the building of their games and stuff in the past, and then they fell for the the trap of resort to crunch, which is something that they said they'd never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so they're looking at yeah, cross-functional teams will work on multiple projects for uh, a, a different IPs at the same time with a dual development plan to start in twenty twenty two. Um, they've also thrown kind of a bit of shadow on the f- they, what the difference for the games means because there was a multiplayer scope plan for CD Projekt Red and I don't know whether their intention is to keep those things going as separate entities or blend them in because the the roadmap update they've gave is Cyberpunk's getting patches and updates, free DLC uh, and the next gen update because let's remember the PS5 and Series X versions are not a thing yet. Uh, the Witcher, there's, there's, there's the... Um, TV series, I think, just finished wrapping this week. Not that it's it's that in line with the game, but it helps boost it. Further development of Gwent, uh, The Witcher Monster Slayer, which I think is their animated series, if I'm not mistaken. It's the mobile game, I think, isn't it? Oh, yeah. might, might be one of them, yeah. And yeah. then their next-gen update, because, again, they said they're going to bring it across, which is their secret project, which was hacked, which I think we're all hoping that means there's a Stadia part in there somewhere. 
That's oh God, it. I hope so. Fingers crossed, that'll be oh, awesome. Does that mean I have to play it again? Yes, it, it does, does Richie. Yes, it does. On stream as well. No, do I get to play it again? Yes. <laughs> on, on stream, you'd be the best candidate for that. Yeah. Um, but in I terms put the T-shirt on before I saw the news, so that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so in terms of the them splitting the franchise, do we think just this just means that just one is going to work Cyberpunk, one is going to work Witcher indefinitely? Like they're the two IPs. Um, do you well, think they'd risk branching out to another IP after Cyberpunk's? Staff? No, I think I think it's very much going to be sort of like split split workforce on everything. I think the other thing worth mentioning as well is that CD Projekt have just recently acquired a Vancouver-based studio, which is uh, which they worked alongside to develop Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Mm. So they've now got CG, CD Projekt Vancouver as well, which I think will be pro- predominantly focused on the Cyberpunk side of things, so that the uh, the Warsaw the Krakow offices can just focus back on. I guess where their successes lie, really, if we look like more um, at, at CD Projekt as a whole, really, mm. The Witcher has always been like super, super strong for them since since the get go, yeah. particularly with three. So it makes sense that they sort of want to, you know, split everything and focus yeah. like that. It's almost yeah, like they're pretty glass. I've probably learned a lot um, from Cyberpunk as well that how to lo- launch in a new franchise from the ground up is probably a lot harder than they realised. Yeah. Because yeah. um, bear in mind, The Witcher is based on a series of novels. So mm-hmm. the world and the characters were already fleshed out. So there's that yeah. side of it didn't necessarily need to be done. Very true, very true. I was talking to our friend Luke, who's one of the one of the writers over at uh, Stadia Source, and he was saying he's put like many, many hours. He's finished practically everything bar a few side quests. He needs to go back and reload a previous save or something to complete. And he said that's the problem with the world is he feels like the scope got away from them. And then even if they had released it like with a delayed time frame, there's still a lot of aspects of that game that need uh, kind of more depth added to them. And I think that's the kind of vibe got. It was a beautiful world, and the characters were great, but there was so much stuff that just kind of felt unfinished. And like I've just, um, I'm just done with it, really. I, I've I'm sort of really quite glad in a strange way that I've not actually really delved too much into the game then on that basis, because... Mm. What I might do at the moment is is very similar to how um, Richie and I are also approaching Baldur's Gate 3, is rather than diving in and playing through the early access for Baldur's Gate 3, we've obviously put it on the side so we can experience it when everything else is released. Yeah. Maybe with Cyberpunk, um, whilst I've missed the initial hype train and complaint train and whatever you want <laughs> to call it, um, train being derailed by bugs, um, with the free DLCs that come out and with the, you know, the quality of life updates fixing the bugs and so on, maybe it will be in a more stable, more wholesome experience overall when I eventually do get around to play because I still fully intend to. It's just a question of once again, like everything else, when, really? Gwen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, when do I play this game? It's such a weird <laughs> one because obviously The Witches has such a, a good, like, kind of, Backtail of of success yes. and yeah. if, no doubt they've got cyberpunk. Like they've made it as such a brand that's so recognisable yeah. now with that like bright yellow. If they do support it, it could have like a No Man's Sky thing where they just keep adding the free DLC, the story they work on it, and they garner this kind of good praise that they they undone so so quickly back in uh, back in November. They shot themselves in the foot with it. They should have just waited till the game was ready. Yeah, and it, it's clearly not ready for PS4. Yes. Yeah, and uh, then there's PS5 as well as a whole other thing, yeah. and it's it's all, all a lot of stuff to talk about. But I think 
they do have that brick glass in case of emergency because let's face it, as soon as they announce a Witcher 4, everyone's going to be hyped up and forget all the atrocities that happened with Cyberpunk in the drop of a hat. And they'll buy and it. And also nobody cares about it broach ends upon a roof again. Yeah, and again, so they'll fine. sell. I mean, they made that much money from Cyberpunk even with its flaws. Like, that company's set for, for a good while for any future projects. So they've got the cash to correct it. That's there. It's not like, again, it's not like back to Square Enix with Avengers where they haven't made any profit on that game yet. Cyberpunk was like flush with millions 24 hours after launch regardless of how buggy the game was it's so, reputation damage i think it's going to be yeah them, rather true. than financial true because it's all it's all well they made a lot of money but their next big game whether cyberpunk 2 or witcher 4 mm-hmm. how many people pre-order it yeah very good point uh but final story of the week little discussional point we'll wrap up on for this week's episode gentlemen speaking of shooting yourself in the foot uh sony uh it was leaked on twitter i think about fortnight ago and it was confirmed by sony this past week that they are closing down that's digital storefronts for new purchases of playstation 3 psp and the mighty playstation vita and this kind of leads me into wrapping this up with just a conversation about game preservation gentlemen so playstation 3 i haven't touched mine in a good while now i've got my ps5 it's kind of took that extra step down it was up in the bedroom for blu-rays and dvds and the odd thing and then now the ps5 is in the living room ps4 has moved upstairs and that's kind of the point so now it's just in a bag Bless it. <laughs> just waiting. It's, it's not even in the box. It's just a it's bag. Just, it's a it's cheap in, Tesco no, carry uh, bag. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's in a proper carry bag case with the, the controllers oh, right. and yeah, things. Yeah. If, if I needed to take it somewhere, on a, on a walk, yeah. somewhere, it's ready to go at the drop of a hat. You take your it's so old. It's, it's so old at this point. It's not even in a reusable bag for life or anything. It's in one of those old Tesco plastic carriers. <laughs> It's so old, it wasn't worth investing in a bag for life. It's in a, it's in a casket. It's in a casket. Uh, bag for death. But uh, it's, it's a shame because this is kind of the first generation that we've seen that has required like online play. And it has digital storefronts. Like PlayStation 3, Xbox Live, and Games of Gold. So that all came about with that generation. And the PSP, I haven't, I haven't touched in, in absolute years. The Vita, I play quite regular. I just finished a game on it recently. However, with these digital storefronts going away, they have clarified that if you've already bought the games, you can still download them, but it just they're basically cutting off new purchases. Okay. And that means there are a lot of games that were digital only and you will no longer be able to buy anywhere. They never did physical versions of them because the great thing with digital storefronts is it allows indie developers who maybe couldn't go through the cost of production actually put games out. And lo and behold now these games just do not exist you can't play them anywhere they're not emulated because they were made on consoles so there's no pc version of them and uh it's kind of yeah it's just a little bit of a sad thing to see these things set sail off into the uh into the ether and uh, that made me think about stadia and how because stadia is the platform there's no generational leaps it's just the games are here from day one all the way through on all devices it's built with the future in mind how Sony's kind of dropping the ball a little bit with game preservation and like yes mm. you may be able to buy physical titles but they're going to be very hard to come by and their price and value is probably going to skyrocket now you literally cannot buy them online so you're going to get not scalpers but you know when just like all of a sudden because like Mario for example on Nintendo the yeah. price of those uh, all-star collections are going to go through the roof now you can't actually buy one uh, on the main high street 
it just makes me think Stadia is a great it's setting a good precedence for going forward with game preservation any game on Stadia whether it was day one or ten years from now it will still be playable and it will still run the day it was intended to so I just wonder though, how you guys feel about uh, digital storefronts closing and should Sony be supporting this longer or is there a cut off point where they have to say goodbye <laughs> I think ultimately they have as much as I hate it because I want to preserve all the games, but I think there has to be a cut-off point at some point mm-hmm. for these stores. We are talking about two-generation-old hardware now, mm-hmm. um, and it, that'll be costing Sony money to keep up and running, and they'll probably want to reuse the servers and things for other stuff. For me, the fact that you can still download your games, I think, is a bit of a saving grace there. But even that might eventually go... Well, that's it. Um, it's, it's good for now, but they could easily turn around in another two years and say that has to go too because that also costs us yeah. money. And yeah. I know a big part of this was probably they have to do a lot with finances behind the scenes as well. Like yeah. think about your, your your small indie developer who's putting out a game. Something has to happen with like they get paid. Someone has to arrange like the dividends and how the cost gets shared for what might be five purchases a year <laughs> of whatever title yeah. it might be. I. I prefer the way Microsoft have done this actually because you can play the, X, the Xbox Series X is compatible all the way back to the, the original Xbox. Mm-hmm. Correct. So any game you've ever bought, bought on the Microsoft console, you're fine. Was it I any or is there still a, a... I thought it was still a collated list. I think there was still a couple, wasn't there? Is it? I think that's their intention, but I think there's a yeah. couple of need like tweaking a little bit to make them work properly. But essentially, yeah, that yeah. that is the goal, which is yeah. huge for Microsoft. It's such a mm. good you thing. Ne- you never know. Sony might be pulling a blinder here. They might be merging the PS3 store into the get rid of a PlayStation 3 store, PlayStation 4 store, PlayStation 5 store, and just make it the PlayStation store. Well, th- that was exactly going to be my point. It's, it seems so far-fetched to me that they haven't already done that because... Mm. It just seems like why why sack it all off when you've got something that could arguably be brought to you know brought to the new gen console and then look to try to support that in some sort of fashion because at the end of the day like the the argument um, that I would bring to the forefront is you don't buy a 4K TV just to then only watch 4K films you wouldn't hmm. then go back and watch like oh I'm not going to watch Star Wars you know like a, a New Hope or something because because it won't fulfill the 4k quality of the tv mm-hmm. like that's that's a redundant argument like you should be allowed you should be able to take everything from all of that data everything that's been created digitally and so on yeah. should quite easily be movable to another server to then be supported on updated hardware it seems so it's so strange to me that it yeah. isn't already There's, that's what i find <clears throat> there are there are a couple of unique titles as well which because the, the, the Vita had PlayStation 1 games you could buy. PS3, you yeah. could buy PlayStation yeah. 1 games, but PS4 and 5, sequentially, don't have that feature. So now you've also not only lost the opportunity to buy all these older titles and digital-only games, but classic games that were available on PlayStation. Well, I'm talking like the PlayStation 1 Hercules game, uh, Crash Bandicoot, the original Medieval. You could play them on the Vita and the PS3 by just buying them digitally. That doesn't exist begs- going forward, yeah. so... It's crazy. It begs another question then. It, be- it begs whether Sony have got something quite like against emulation in a way, really, because it, in, a, in a way, like they've, they've got the previous 
devices have been allowed to emulate because it's obviously not going to be playing the PS1 version of a game. It's it's going to be an emulated version of that PS1 game because it's obviously not playing on the original hardware it was designed for. But surely at this point, we should realistically be looking at this backwards compatibility in some way, or at least from an emulation perspective, because there's a lot of games that we look back as as gamers and say that this this is a classic. This is a game I thoroughly enjoyed and I would play it again and again and again. The amount of times I've bought Final Fantasy games again and again and again on different platforms, mm. even though I've already beaten them on two or three platforms already, like it, it, surely they want to still guarantee themselves those sales too. Like surely they want to. I think it largely probably comes down with Sony is how much money do do they expect to make it, especially more than niche games, against um, how much effort it would be to get it across. Mm. All right, name me a PlayStation One game or a PlayStation Two game that you loved as a kid that you would love to replay again now on PS Five. Rayman. Okay, classic Rayman in its exact format. Mm-hmm. No HD remaster or any of that bullshit. Yeah. Just classic Rayman as it is on the console. That that it's stuff like that. Like that. The, the, if they had the right price point for it, let's say that they do like the you know the what is it? I mean, I could go to my shelf right now and I could grab one of the PlayStation One games. In fact, I'm going to do it right now. You do that. Oh, he's doing it, guys. He's, he's doing, doing it. it. He's braving it. Has he done it? He's got it. He's got time crisis. <laughs> I haven't got a light gun, but it's time <laughs> crisis. <laughs> wow. If you could get, let's say, for argument's sake, um, time crisis, but you could pick it up at a nice four ninety nine or something like that, and then play it again on your PS five. It, it's it's that sort of argument to me that they should go back through their their vintage catalog and digitize all of those games anyway. Yeah, and just put I put them on the store. I'll put them on like a. PS now starts streaming yeah. service, so you can just yeah okay you can here's all the PS One games the entire I mean, catalog for X amount a month. At this point, it was platinum already. It was already platinum, <laughs> and that's in a PlayStation box. Like, you know, okay, yeah, you've made the money from the game a a lot over, but. It's, it's games like this that, like, I've still got it on my shelf. I've got WWF SmackDown 2. I've got Medieval 2. You know, I've got, like... Damn it, Sony. The... Tom wants to play Time Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, The Grinch. Granted, The Grinch didn't go platinum, but... It didn't. Uh... By Konami, by the way. Yeah. The Grinch is by Konami. But uh, in, in a nutshell, though, I think the kind of the, the great thing we've always said about Stadia is it's the accessibility that the titles and the games are just there. Like you don't need different software. You don't need to purchase a new box every several years. You don't uh, need a certain uh, amount of hardware that's capable of running these games. They just basically are there. They exist and you can play them if and when now several years later. And that's what we got Tom's now obsessed with. Like, I'm going to play, I'm going to rig up. No, it's the fact that you mentioned, it's the, it's the fact that you mentioned you don't need certain kinds of hardware. And I'm here looking at the manual about how to install a light a gun. Light gun. <laughs> that would do it. But uh, yeah, game preservation, I think is very, very important. I would love to see Stadia kind of like be able to reach out to some of these. And like, not, I'm not like PlayStation one game and stuff, but as we creep forward games that uh, like, we've got a lot coming to the platform. A lot of these JRPGs and stuff are older titles. Uh, that we're now getting and it's great to see that once they're on stadia and they exist there 
five, six, seven, eight years from now, we can basically, hopefully, hopefully search for it in the in the search bar, <laughs> find the game. And maybe there's even like a tabulated form where there's just a whole area for nostalgic titles. Uh, we saw recently with like Lion King and Aladdin got a remake, uh, essentially just put together and released on PS4. So <clears throat> the the scope is there for it. I just think it's a shame. Obviously, Richie costing and stuff, it's its a total thing that's going to happen eventually. These businesses yeah. don't owe anyone anything to keep them running in perpetuity. Unless, whereas with Stadia, it's their business model. So they have to run in yeah. perpetuity. Otherwise, <laughs> hello, Google Graveyard. Uh, and then we're all out of a job. So yeah. uh, we'll pick up with that, no doubt, further down the line. Uh, we may even look at this as a side quest topic, Richie, because it's its clearly something we could explore yeah, there's in a, a little there's more There's a depth. bigger discussion in, in here. Um... But uh, but we'll leave it there for episode 80 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. If you've liked what you've seen or you've liked what we've discussed, by all means, click like down below. Subscribe to the channel and click that notification bell so you're kept in the loop with all things Sounds of Stadia. Like our live streams that we do every Thursday with the lovely Stadia community out there. This week we'll be picking up uh, potentially with either Killer Queen Black or more Resident Evil, depending on how the week vibes out. Uh, check out that. Richie, what's our side quest mission for the week? Well, this week we're talking about these things. Controllers. What have you got, Tom? Two cup holders. Two cup holders. Yeah. <laughs> Quite good for holding my hands. We are. We're going to be discussing all the controllers of yesteryear and how the Stadia controller ranks up against them. So if you're interested in that, check that out. Uh, it goes on free feeds, youtube.com forward slash sounds of Stadia every Friday. But if you do want to get that content earlier, patreon.com forward slash sounds of Stadia from as little as $1.79p. You can support the channel and us three gentlemen a little bit more to bring you better quality Stadia content going forward. Uh, we do have an update on our memberships. For YouTube, I know a lot of you have been asking about them. They've been finalised. We're just waiting on uh, YouTube verification now, and it will go live imminently. Yeah. So just watch this yeah. space. Uh, but that's everything we've got. Have a great week, everyone. Hope you had a lovely Easter. Take care and game on. My name's been Chris. Hi. I've been Tom. I've been Richie. I know I forgot that last week, so sorry, Richie. He's been I need He's to get back bye. into that routine of yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been Sounds of Stadia. Have a great week. Bye. Dragon Egg. Bye.